This is the Jump Clear Daily Fantasy Podcast. Catch us Tuesdays and Thursdays with your host, Michael Cruciati. Hello and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Jump Clear Daily Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Michael Cruciati, and we have an outstanding episode for you today. Have you guessed who our guest speaker is today? <laughs> You'll find out soon enough. But first, we want to run through our schedule for the week, as well as announce our $500 May giveaway winner. Starting with our schedule, we have three main shows this week. We are featuring contests from the Upperville Colt and Horse Show, Traverse City, and Tryon. So be on the lookout for our updates on social media on what contests are going on each day. You can also find the schedule online at www.jumpclear.com and look for the contest schedule at the top right-hand corner. Now, to our May giveaway winner, the proud owner of a $500 Amazon gift card is user Taddy99. If you are Taddy99, be on the lookout for an email from Jump Clear to claim your prize. We will also be running several additional giveaways throughout the summer, so be on the lookout for the next one. All right. Now the moment you've all been waiting for. Our Thursday guest speaker is one of the best riders in the world. She has won countless Grand Prix, including this year's WEF Rolex 5-star. It is my honor to welcome Ashley Bond. Hey, Michael, of course. Happy to be here. So, I mean, you've had an incredible season so far. And where did you, you're just getting done with a great horse show. Uh, where, where are you coming from right now? Yeah, we just got back from Thunderbird. It's in Langley, um, BC, so really close to Vancouver. And it's one of my absolute favorite shows in the world. I've been going there for over 10 years. Um, and a really good friend of mine, Chris Pack, runs it. And his wife is one of my best friends. So not only is it a great venue, but the people running it are just so amazing and they make it such an, an incredible experience for the horses and the riders and the owners and you can just tell that they care you know it's it's a beautiful place yeah we had, we had a really cool uh, opportunity a few years back um to go up there for one of the world cup qualifiers it is a stunning property big grass oh, field yeah. the horses love it <laughs> oh yeah no it's super horse friendly they've got like areas you can ride on the grass and trail ride and they just, yeah, they just really do an amazing job. So I was happy to be able to go after three years. And we just got back to Wellington two days ago. The horses will get back tomorrow. Nice, nice. So, and then where do you head to after this? Um, so I got into Aachen as an individual, which was Ooh. really huge. And um, I haven't been there since 09 when I was there with Cadet and the U.S. team. So it's, a, it's an honor um, being invited and... Hopefully, you know, I'm taking Donnie and Cora, so hopefully they can do what they do best and we can have a good show there. Now, there's probably a few, quite a few people who are listening to this podcast that don't quite know what Aachen is. Yeah. I don't think I can do it justice <laughs> trying to I mean, describe it. How would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard for anyone to do it justice, but I would say it's like the epitome of show jumping. It's like the Mecca. And other than the Olympics, I would say that that's, you know, you have the World Equestrian Games in the Olympics, but um, Aachen is just, there's just nothing like it. It's in a big, huge, seems like a football stadium, but it's, it's a show jumping stadium. And 
they get like 50,000 spectators. I mean, oh it's gosh. truly unlike anything you would ever experience. Cause it's, I mean, you know, Wellington WEF gets a good crowd on Saturday nights, but yeah. that's like nothing compared to what, what is in Aachen and, and the amount of people and like to walk around and they have like radio shows going on. And I was interviewed for a radio show back when I was there and just walking through the sea of people, you feel like you're at a major football game. Oh, how cool. So cool. It's really cool. And the, and the stadium is just unlike anything. It's this massive grass field and you have like huge stadiums, like surrounding the entire arena. It's just it's just amazing. And the quality of show jumpers, the, you know, the riders, the horses are the best in the world and the money's great. And, um, yeah, it's amazing. Gosh. Yeah. That, that was one of the main shows that when I first started the app, it's like, okay, we're here right now. We're, we're not ready to get into Europe, but how can I get to Aachen and have people play and just experience? I mean, what a great crowd, 50,000 people. I can, I'm trying yeah. to imagine it. I know it's, it's really surreal. and. I don't know, just the, the, just the feeling you get when you're there. We were there actually, um, during quarantine before Tokyo Mm -hmm. last year. And just even being there, I hadn't even stepped foot, uh, there since 09 and just even riding there with no show going on is still so surreal. And it's just, it has this energy about it. So, I mean, I'm honored to be returning and I can't wait to get there. We leave in, well, the horses and I leave the 21st. And the show starts the 28th. So, oh, cool. Now, is yeah. it just you and the horses going? Or what? what is kind of the support group for you that goes to these big shows? What does that look like? Yeah, so it depends. So when we travel outside of Wellington, it's my dad and I and Hugo. Um, and then one of my other employees will join if I take more than four horses to okay. a competition. But to Europe, we're only taking the two. So Hugo will go with them and dad and I will go. And then Roy and Scotty will be here in Wellington. Um, you know, she has school and she, they base here. So, mm-hmm. so unfortunately they won't, they won't get to come this time. They got to come last summer and stay, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's just, it's such a short time that I'm there this time. So it doesn't really make sense. Right. They'll have to, they'll have to watch on the live stream. It, unfortunately. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I actually oh, and got my to... mom. My mom is actually coming to Auckland. Sorry. My mom is uh is flying out. Oh as well. cool. Yeah, she comes out for a lot of like the main, the big events. So oh, I awesome. love it. I love it. Yeah, actually that touches right on one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today. And I actually got to meet your dad at one of the uh, equestrian life groups this this yeah. past season. He's a stud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. He's uh he's definitely um into working out and staying fit and healthy. And you'd never know he was 69 years old. So no, no, not at all. And it, it's, it's so cool to have, to hear about the support groups that really go into the sport. Cause obviously people see that it's just the horse and rider in the ring, but it's such a vast network and, and village that goes into actually getting to the oh, ring. 100%. And, 100%. and how, like, so surrounding yourself with influential people and and being able to bring the best out of yourself. And obviously it sounds like that your dad and your mom and your close group, that those are those people. Yeah, no, I'm really blessed. I, you know, my, my parents have been a huge support of me, obviously from the time I was a baby and then, um, you know, have helped me to get to where I am in this sport. And then, um, you know, my husband and now daughter, and then I have a new 
partner um, in Aurora Farms with Hilla Moverman, Ellie Melik, and she's Israeli and she's come into the team the last three years and has been a really big supporter. So we have a really great group. I have a really great group of people. Hugo, who's been with me on and off for over 10 years, and his son actually also works with us. And then, um, you know, I have, uh, I'm interviewing for a new assistant because My assistant got a really good job opportunity to go manage a stable. So that's fine. And that's life in this business. But yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a village. It's, it's just me out there with the horse, but it's really, you know, it's all the inner workings behind the scenes that make what I do in, you know, in the arena work. Right, right, right. And how do you feel that they, they get you mentally prepared to, to step into some of these big classes? Yeah, you know, I mean, fortunately, my I would say my mental game has been one of my strongest attributes. Um, but just having everything stay, you know, as close to the same as we can. I mean, we all know each other so well. So it's like a pretty well oiled machine. So I can count on Hugo, I can count on dad, they all know what they're you know, responsibilities are and what their, you know, area of expertise is, and we all trust each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, we always come together at the end of the day or in the morning um, and just go over the plan and from every aspect of like what I'm going to jump the horses in, how we're going to, you know, what bridles, how we're going to attack the course. Am I going to school? Am I going to go for a nice double clear or try to be top three? You know, like we literally talk about all of these little things that Mm -hmm help, um, you know, get the horse to be performing at its best because Hugo knows the horses inside and out. And then dad knows them with flatting them also inside and out. And then I know them from, you know, all of, you know, the flatting and then the jumping. So I think it's important to come together when you have people you trust like that, because they can like Hugo behind the scenes, like he's with them the most. Right. So he can really fill me in on like, okay, when I lunged him, you know, he was really crazy or he felt a little, maybe he was a little bit like normal, not too wild. So then we maybe alter, you know, how many jumps I jump in the warm up, or when I get on, or if dad's going to get on five minutes, 10 minutes before I do to like check in with them, you know? So just little things like that, that make a really big difference in the ring. For sure. For sure. And so what are, what are your expectations going into Hawken? I mean, I feel like my expectations of myself and my horses is to always just bring it and like do what we do best. Um, I'm hoping that we jump some clear rounds and, you know, I know that if I jump clear rounds, I'm fast. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not worried about that part of it. Like, am I going to win or, you know, that part, I don't really put that pressure on myself. I just want to go and be consistent and have my horses feeling good staying sound and, and happy and, you know, and aiming them for the classes I want to do well in, um, and just taking it a day at a time and, and really just trying to gauge how my horses feel like they're arriving tomorrow at noon from, you know, a 60 hour truck trip from Langley. Fortunately, our trailer, we like have box stalls and they get to travel free with their heads down eating. Mm -hmm. So they travel really well. Um, but like, they'll come back tomorrow, get hand walk, we'll graze them. And then they'll turn out on Saturday and treadmill Sunday. And then I'll start riding them Monday. So, um, and then I'll just kind of see how they feel. So hopefully, you know, they just continue in the way that they've been going. And then, you know, it looks to be hopefully like a good, <laughs> it looks to have a, you know, 
good success of the show is is the goal. Right, right, right. And uh, and for lack of a better term, it's uh, running your race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I don't really worry about who's there and what they're doing. You know, I know that. I, I mean, I've you know been jumping against the best in the world for a long enough time that I know I'm more than capable to win. I, you know, I just got to do my thing. Right, right, right. And I feel that a lot of athletes, I mean, specific uh, me in particular, it's always that that comparison game. And yeah. It's it's hard to overcome, and it's one of those things because you're constantly being pressured into I I I gotta I gotta do well I gotta do these things and how have you overcome a lot of that through the years of competing? Yeah, you know I think that's a really good point. I mean that's just life, like comparing yourself to everyone and everything, regardless if it's your sport or your job or just day day life like day to day life. Um, I try to like pray about it, you know, rely on the Lord to help me if there's ever those moments, which there have been. Fortunately, it's not something that, um, you know, occupies a lot of my brain space. Um, You know, it does happen here and there. And I think it's just important to focus on your, you know, your horses and your job and what you do and try to just tune out the rest of it and, and, you know, put your head down and keep working. And, you know, obviously if you're going into a venue like Aachen, you know, you can't buy your way in. So you're either jumping on a team or you're invited. So you're, you've been doing this long enough and you're good enough to where you're, you could win there. So I feel like it's not like a green rider going to someplace that they're in over their head. Right, 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 right. So I think, you know, I think that gives you a sense of confidence. Um, but for maybe young writers that are like stepping into a bigger show or something they've never done before, I think the most important thing is to take all the expectations off of what you should be doing and how you sh- like how, if you should jump clear or full faults or whatever you're, you know, you stop putting the pressure on yourself and just go out there and do what's best for you and your horse, whether that's jumping, you know, just to get from the first jump to the second jump to the third jump and you keep going or to aim for a, for an eight fault round. I mean, you know, I think it's good to just break it down and not just be like, Oh my gosh, I'm at this huge show and I have never done this before. And what if I, you know, what if mm-hmm. I, you know, I miss or I do something stupid and I, you know, I think it's just better to break it down one step at a time. Right. Right. And in, in the worst case scenario, you, you do, you have two down yeah, you, or you circle or you, tip your hat. I mean, honestly, I, that's happened before, like to all of us as riders, you know, whether you're bringing a green horse up or you're just not having a great day and you end up saying, you know what? I jumped a few jumps. Like it's not going the way I feel like it's going like, like I want it to go. And maybe you, you jump one courtesy fence and you tip your hat and you live to fight another day. Yeah. And it's, and it's over, overcoming that adversity of it. And I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's great to have the blue ribbon and to, to raise it up and have the pictures and, but you don't learn as much. I feel as if you were to have those tough moments and overcoming that adversity and also makes it that much 100%. sweeter. A hundred percent. You don't, I never learn nearly as much as when I do, when I fail, it's the, like you said, it's the hard times that, that build your, your character and your resolve and make you a better competitor better overall human and a better you know i think horseman 
Right, right, right. Yeah. And it, it, and then people will be like, well, it's easy to say that when you're on top, but you know, overcoming the adversity, you overcame quite an adversity over WEF this past season with Cora. Oh yeah. I mean, five weeks leading up to the Rolex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, she was like pretty much dropped off at my barn. If Nicola Philipparts brought her over to just train, she had just come back and he wanted to put her in a different venue. And before he got on, he's like, you know, I think this horse might really suit you. You should get on. So it just was like this weird thing. And I wasn't looking for a horse. I didn't think we could get a horse at the time. Um, and it was just like a God thing, to be honest. It just, it just was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it came together really fast. Normally it doesn't happen that quickly, especially with a horse that has never jumped that level. She's jumped, she had jumped two, three star Grand Prix in her life and then hadn't really jumped much over a meter 30, 35 for a year. So I, it just, you know, it just was one of those freaky things, but you know, my, you know, Donnie had a really bad abscess. He got a really bad, um, abscess from a shoeing in, you know, in thermal and, it turned into this nightmare and he was pretty much in the stall for two months, like not moving. So that was really hard because then the rest of my string was young and developing and it put a lot of pressure to perform um, just because this is an expensive sport and I need to win (laughs) to pay the way, you know, it needs to, I need to at least like make, you know, pay enough to like cover the costs. Right. Right. Is the, is the idea. So, you know, that was a big stress. And, um, so when she came into the barn, it was like, Oh God. Yeah. Like, thank God. Like I needed this. Thank you. Like <laughs> truly thanking God. I, I'm just like, this happening was just so meant to be. And it took the pressure off Donnie and it allowed me to like take the pressure off the other horses, which then in turn makes that go better because they weren't necessarily ready for what I was asking of them. It wasn't like it was horrible, but I'm used to being pretty successful. So it's, and I know my string, I know that they're very, they're top quality horses. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. you know, but they were, they're young. Like if during COVID, my horses, we were in California, we sat out for like eight months of that year. So my horses, yes, are 10. A lot of them are 10 or 11, but they really lost almost a year. So they're quite young just that those internal, like putting that kind of pressure on myself more than anything is, is I think what needed to be controlled more. Right. Right. I mean, you're a competitive person and, and yeah. it's, it's that, it's that urge that you want to go and you want to do well. And I remember talking with you at the uh, equestrian life group circles, just how at sometimes you just have to throw the hands up and say, you got this God. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what it comes down to. I just pray your will be done Lord. And just give it to him and just keep doing what I'm doing. Keep grinding it out, put your head down and, you know, stop putting that kind of pressure on yourself. Cause that also doesn't really help. And then, yeah. And look at us now, like it, it really <laughs> just all turned around. It was quite amazing. And ever since then, it's been very, you know, it's been very good and the horses feel great and they're jumping better than ever. And Donnie's back in perfect form oh, love it. Um, right leading up to Aachen and then WEG and all of the things. So, I mean, it, it actually ended up being a blessing because he got the, that time that he wouldn't have had. Not that like, he looks great. He looked great. He's fit, but you know, he had a really big year last year. So maybe it wasn't, so I, you know, hindsight, I'm like, you know, it wasn't a bad thing. It was, it was, it was God's way of it letting that work 
to the good and giving him that break. And now he just feels and looks amazing. And plus it's, it's one thing. So like Cora coming in five weeks, it's one thing to go into a three-star that's on a, on a Saturday morning. The Rolex Grand Prix is the Rolex Grand Prix for a reason. Yeah. Jeff. I mean, you yeah. Daniel Blumen going in before you, like you had to lay it down. I found it really interesting, actually, that the first half of the class is what yielded the five clears. And then the second half, nobody jumped clear. Oh, I didn't I found even that, think of that. Yeah, I found that really interesting. Um, I don't know why. It, it was it was kind of bizarre. But yeah, I mean, Daniel and I were teammates. We're, we are teammates. Um, actually, he went after me in the five-star that Donnie won um, in 2010 at night, Saturday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. And I beat him there. And then this one was on a different horse, but he was still on Ladriano and he went before me. Oh no, you can't, he came after me again in this one. And he was closer on this one, but he still didn't get me. So he was, <laughs> he was a little bit not pissed, but like in a joking way, you know, like, Oh, he's competitive. <laughs> he's very competitive. And, um, <clears throat> I think, I don't know. I just think that I had zero expectations. I never, you know, it was a last minute decision. I had prayed about it through the week and just been like, you know, Lord, please like just help me decide and just show me which horse I should be doing. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had, <clears throat> at one point I had no idea. And you would, you know, if you were to like put them on paper, you would have all day said Donnie. Right. But because he was just coming back, it didn't really, you know, he just didn't feel ready. And so then I was like, well, what the heck? I jumped her in the meter 45 training class. And I was like, she felt great. Might as well just put her in. Right. And I gave her a school with dad and Ludo Philipparts since she came from Ludo. Um, mm-hmm. He knows her really well. So we gave her a school on Friday and it went really well. And then put her in the class and she skipped around it so easily. Mm-hmm. I actually find that the bigger the jumps, the better for her. Cause she's got so much ability. It just kind of maybe slows her down a little bit, gives her, you know, makes her try a little harder. Right. And then, uh, that was my first jump off. I'd never done a jump off. On oh, her. you hadn't done a jump off with her yet. No, I jumped, <laughs> I jumped the four star Grand Prix the weekend or the two weeks before that the night, the Saturday night lights, I jumped the four star and that was her first four star Grand Prix. And we jumped clear with a time fault because my dad just said, listen, like, don't put pressure on yourself. Like you're just getting to know this mare. And the time was fairly tight. And he just said, ride your track, do your thing and just try to go for a clear. So I did, mm-hmm. I, I was pretty much riding for time faults, but we ended up jumping clear. Mm-hmm. And then, so I felt like confident with her. Like I knew she had all this ability, um, but I, never done a jump off. So I went in and just, I know she's so fast naturally. So that's kind of been her downfall a little bit. It's like, she wants to jump so far across the jump that she needed to learn to jump away from the front bar and then get over. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was all of our work consisted of just like going slow, doing exercises at home to make her listen in the combinations and not jump through them so fast. And so I knew she could be fast. I just didn't know, could she be fast? And then also jump at that height and not have the rails. Right. You know, and she showed that she can do all the things, you know? And then, um, yeah, she just, I mean, she's just really naturally fast. She has a massive stride. She's quick in the air, 
quick across the ground. You don't have to think go, you know, right, um, right. burns really well. So it was really, it was, it was shocking. It definitely is something I feel like will never sink in. Cause I, I don't know. I feel like big wins, mon- monumental things like going to the Olympics, being 11th, winning the Rolex, like things like this, like they just, I don't know. Like you think about it and you're like, wow, yeah, I did that, but you never feel it. Or I don't, at least I don't like feel that. Right. Exactly. It's up to people like me to talk about it on the radio. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's weird to think about, like, it's not like I feel like an Olympian or I feel like, you know, all of these things I know all I have, I feel like I have a ton of experience. Like that's not what I question or, or feel like I don't have, but, but yeah, like when you win, it's, for me that it's always almost anticlimactic because you put all this like, you know, wow, the 500 and, oh, I'm going to Aachen. But I feel like the most elated would be in the moments of like jumping a clear round. Like when I jumped the first round of the Rolex and went through the timers clear, I literally was sobbing. Uh Like I've never cried when I've, but I think I just, had such a rough weft of like not being that successful and Donnie and all of these things. And it was like, we had just kept our heads down and kept grinding it out and kept reminding myself that like, we know what we're doing and reminding the team and each other, you know, we know what we're doing, just keep doing it and it'll pay off. And I think it was just this sense of like, thank you, Lord, like for keeping, you know, me together and not falling apart and, believing that you know we still we know what we're doing because you always second guess yourself I think in moments of failure and and things aren't going right right so I think it was just this sense of like utter joy and relief and um that was the moment that was my moment like once you win like when you win it it's like it almost feels a little numb Mm -hmm. like it's great you're like you're so happy for your team and all of these things but I always find that my moments of, of the best feeling that I get from those events is like in the moment of crossing the timers and stuff like that. Oh, it, it, I think that's, that's perfect because that's actually the reason why I named the app jump clear. And, oh, um, that, yeah. <laughs> and, and it, I was talking to Kelly a while back and actually McLean last week as well. Yeah. And winning is so far at least most of it is out of your control. You can do everything you can do. And a lot of things have to fall into place. Clear rounds. I feel that you have a lot more control to that, but it's just that moment of sheer exhilaration that when you do jump clear, it's just like, Oh my God, we just did it. It's so intoxicating. Exactly. No, a hundred percent. That's, that's it. It's the clear round. Um, It's that clear round feeling, especially when it's like, not been going your way and, or it's a really big class. Like I know that if I jump clear in the first round of Aachen Grand Prix, it's going to be that same type of a feeling because the last time (laughs) I was there, I had the last jump down in the first round. And then I made it back 18th to the second round and jumped clear in the second round and ended up seventh. But like, I was clear until the last jump in the first round. Like I was, you know, so I want to fix that. I want to like go out there and, you know, not make that same mistake again, kind of thing. And if I jump clear, then I feel like that feeling is going to be out of this world, you know? Oh, out of this world. Cause it's like, you, you can replay it. You can watch the film of it and just be like, Oh, if I would have just done this here or that taken this turn a little bit wider, I could have had, yeah. I had the distance. Right. 
it, 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 you can start to pick it apart so much more where a, a win you, you ride really fast and you can kind of critique it there, but a lot yeah. of it just really just comes down to, is it your night? And oh, sure. in with clear rounds of that, not knowing how many people are going to jump clear. It's just, it's so in the moment that you can't, you can't help, but just want to be a part of it. Oh yeah. No, a hundred percent. Some of my favorite um, moments uh, growing up with my sister has been not the wins. It's It's been the clear rounds, like, because to get to that clear round, you have to have, go through so many rails. <laughs> oh yeah. No kidding. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot more failure in this sport than, than success. And you gotta, you gotta really enjoy those clear round moments and, and let them like, at least make you feel like, okay, you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. You know what you're doing, you know, keep it at it, you know? Right. Right. You know, one of the first things we did before we even started creating the the fantasy side of the app, we looked at the statistics of the sport. And at first I was like, okay, Daniel Deusser is unbelievable rider. He's got to be jumping what 80, 90% of the time clean. He jumps no, clear 42% of the time. Like does he the, jump clear 42%? 42%. That's yeah, it. That's it. Yeah. It's like, that's the best in the world. And to be only jumping clear less than half. Now there's some riders that are based off the height and stuff like that. They jump higher percentages, but it's just, it's crazy to think about that when you're going in, the odds are against you to jump clear. Oh no. A (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah. We we could talk all day about that. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh no, for sure. Oh, oh, I love it. Ashley, thank you so much for your time today. Michael. Yeah. If you guys want to follow Ashley as she goes to Aachen, check her out on her social media and Instagram. She's very active on there and be sure to catch the live stream of Aachen. Just Google Aachen and you'll find it. Ashley, good luck. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Such a great time talking with Ashley today. Oh my goodness. All right. Thank you all for joining us on this very special podcast today. We have so many great contests going on this weekend. Make sure to download the app. If you are in need of information, please check out our website, www.jumpclear.com. And under the how-to section, it will outline how to place picks, strategy, navigate, the whole nine yards. All right, that's it for today's podcast. Get out there, download the app, invite your friends, make your picks, and claim your podium. Jump Clear Fantasy is a fantasy sports platform. Gambling or sports wagering are not permitted on Jump Clear Fantasy. We are available to play in Colorado, Florida, and Kentucky only. Users must be physically located in Colorado, Florida, or Kentucky. Must be 18 years or older for entertainment purposes only. No results are guaranteed. Void where prohibited by law. Users who participate on Jump Clear Fantasy agree to the terms and conditions. Minimum $5 initial deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.